another day, another podcast. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Let's go. coming back routinely now. Isn't that amazing? Thank you guys so much for listening to last week's episode and all other episodes. And uh, the response has been great, so thank you for welcoming back. I feel so happy to be back and podcasting and doing all the things. But you know what I forgot to do last time? Because I was so out of whack and everything. I forgot to remind you to rate and review the podcast. Gosh, aren't you sick of me saying that yet? Rating and reviewing really helps get the word out about the podcast uh, so that more people other than just like my close inner circle of friends and family listen to it. And so if you find the information valuable in this podcast, I would love it if you left a review and rated the show. You can do that on Apple I- Apple iTunes. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. And if you do so, and if you send me a screenshot either on Instagram or to my email address, I will send you a little pack of stickers as a thank you. So go ahead and do that, send me the screenshots, and the stickers will be on your way. And, as always, before we get into the show, let's talk about coffee. You'll never guess what I'm drinking today. I've only been dreaming and talking about it for the last month or so. I'm back on my 1562 roastery bullshit. Oh, it's so good. It's my favorite coffee. The Lancaster Blend is the one that I'm drinking right now. It's finally back in my rotation, and ooh, I'm doing a little dance. Love that shit, love that shit. Again, as always, if you have any coffee recommendations for me, let me know. I need to stock up. I've got my 1562 bags, two of them, and then I need new coffee recommendations. Now, there is a coffee that I heard of that has something to do with dogs, so I think my next rotation of coffee will all be dog coffees and I'm hoping that I get some coffee for Christmas but you never know so we'll see I'm super excited as always to try more coffee so if you have any recommendations or if you know of any really cool brands that you like let me know and let's get into it so I briefly talked about this last episode I talked about TikTok trainers and today's not just about TikTok trainers it's also about just like getting free advice on social media, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, wherever it is that you're getting your free information and how to kind of like sort through the bullshit and find like the really good nuggets of gold. But this was brought up and this was brought to my attention because of a video that went viral recently on TikTok. And so I want to talk about that video. I want to talk about the guy's response. And then I want to talk about how you can find good information on the internet So, if you haven't seen it already, I wouldn't recommend going and looking at it, because it's just kind of a little abrasive. Uh, But basically, there's this trainer on TikTok, whose stuff stuff I normally enjoy. Um, I think he has some solid training advice, but this one particular video, like, really was like, to me. Um, 
and he was again I this is tough because I don't want to call a particular person out but I do think that there needs to be attention brought to this and not that this guy is probably ever gonna listen to this podcast uh that doesn't really matter though what matters is that uh he was teaching his clients how to prevent their dog from door dashing which is a really serious issue dogs can escape from their houses they can get hit by cars they can get stolen they can get lost for a while so it's a very serious and prominent issue and that a lot of dog owners are struggling with uh, but his technique was something that like really caught me off guard and it was basically like opening the door allowing the dog to get halfway through the door and then once the dog was in the door slamming the door shut on the dog's head <sighs> deep breaths so while I understand the concept of this I personally feel that while yeah the dog is not gonna it gets the job done that, I'm just going to say that. It gets the job done. The dog is not going to dash out of the door. But I also feel like this is going to induce fear in the dog whenever they go near that door. So say you want to go outside for a quick potty break. That dog is not, wanna go, gonna, is not going to want to go out that door because it thinks it's going to get its head slammed and shut in the door, right? Um, and so... Obviously, and I think rightfully so, there was a lot of backlash to this. I did my own video on it. Uh, there's a lot of shit. First, I will say this. As a quote-unquote balanced trainer, if that's what you want to call me, uh, a lot of people think that my methods are abusive and aversive and they don't like them. And everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I feel differently. I feel like I'm just uh, communicating more effectively with my dogs. Uh... And I'm sure this trainer feels the same way. Uh, it's hard. It's hard for me not to just go on a rampage about how ridiculous I think that that method is. Uh, but I don't want to sit here and attack somebody. Um, at the end of the day, I think that dog will be absolutely fine. And uh, I think that there are other issues that that client is going to have to work through. And I'm not their trainer. So I can't sit here and say what I think that dog should do because I don't know that in talk that dog's entire backstory. Am I excusing the behavior that he did? Absolutely not. I think it's gross. Uh, I think that is true fear-based training, and I don't succumb to that method of thinking. Um, and yeah, it's just it's a lot. And then rather than a response video of like hey, I can understand why that was hard to watch or why you think that's abuse. Here are the reasons why it isn't. Here are the reasons why it works for my clients. The response is what really pissed me off because the response was like to make fun of people who were judging him or like calling him out. And a lot of like, oh, I walk a dog and he pulls on the leash and like making fun of clients. Now, and not necessarily clients, but making fun of people who don't know any better. So potential clients or future clients. And that's what really pissed me off. I've done an episode on shaming. It was my first episode ever. I think I'm going to do another one because this just like brought up a resurgence of feelings for me around client shaming. Obviously, I feel very strongly about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't like this guy's response. It was very smart, assy, which isn't a word, but it's a word now. <laughs> 
And that's kind of like what got me off on a rampage. So here's what I'm going to say. When you have to communicate with your dog that you don't want them dashing out of the door without your consent, consent isn't the word I'm looking for, without your approval, uh, making them afraid of the door isn't what I would recommend. And it's, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Come for me. I don't care. I don't like it. There are so many other ways that you can stop your dogs from door dashing, like implementing a solid place command or tethering or teaching boundary work. There are ways that you can communicate with your dog to say, do not exit this house without my permission and without my expressed invitation. Does that sentence make sense? I hope it does. Contrary to some belief systems, you don't actually have to slam the door on a dog's head. Now, I've seen some trainers slam the door before the dog gets into the doorway. That would work as well. Uh, But actually slamming a door onto a dog's head, yeah, not not my shtick. Yeah, that's just, that's not my shtick. And so again tethering, place command, boundary work, actually communicate with your dog what you want rather than just harshly being like, no, fuck you, don't ever do that again. I think there's a time and a place for a no, fuck you, don't ever do that again. And maybe in this dog situation, door dashing is one of those. Again, it's hard because I don't know the dog, but again, not a technique. Oh, my mic fell. Not a technique I would ever use, and I would never recommend a client do it either. But then this brings up the question of what trainers on social media can you trust? There are so much, there is so much free information and valuable information out there on all social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok now. And there are so many legit trainers and there are so many people who think that they're trainers on there. I've also talked about this before briefly. Unfortunately, there's no easy guide to say like, hey, this is a really good dog trainer and this is a really shitty one because everyone's experience is going to be different and every dog is going to be different. And that leads me into my next point, which is take everything that you see online with a grain of salt. Dogs are living, breathing creatures. We do not see them 24 hours a day, especially if it's online. Let me sidebar here for a second. Just like with any person, any human, any individual social media, a trainer is going to post the good things, the good transformations, the hard work that their clients do. Sometimes they'll show the scary bits of dogs being aggressive or dogs misbehaving or pulling, and sometimes they'll kind of show like a transformation video or them working with a really difficult dog, but at the end of the day, you don't know that dog. That dog is going to have a different story than your dog. That dog is going to react differently to certain techniques than your dog is. And so, I'm all over the place. What I'm trying to say is that you only see a snippet of this dog's life when you're seeing their transformation or their work being done on that dog or that dog walking really nicely on a leash or whatever. You're only seeing a snippet of what goes into that. And that snippet has been carefully edited by the trainers. 
And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Social media, this isn't Big Brother, right? It's social media. It's a 60-second platform. It's a quick 20-minute video on YouTube. It's a 20-minute podcast hosted by yours truly. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the nature of the beast. And so you need to realize that when you're seeing these videos and when you're seeing this these really cool transformations, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot more that goes into it that you don't see. And you're also seeing the dogs that are taking to the... Like, you're not... You're basically... What I'm trying to say is that <laughs> you're not seeing the trainers fuck up. I don't post videos of myself fucking up. I'll share them with my clients to be like, hey, it's okay to fuck up, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I don't necessarily post videos of myself fucking up. Because that's not good content. What's good content? My dogs being awesome and having great recall and running through the woods and having a great time and doing downstays and doing really well and, you know, that's the shit that gets the likes, that's the shit that gets the comments, and that's the shit that gets the views. So what you need to understand first is that you're only seeing a snippet of this dog or this person's training abilities, right? The next thing that you need to understand is that not every method works for every dog. Some dogs do really well with treats. Some dogs do really well with verbal uh, reinforcement. Some dogs do really well with play training. Uh, There's a million different ways to train dogs, and there's a million different ways to fuck up a dog, right? And so you have to take in your own dog's story and personality and behavior into account before you apply these methods. So you might see someone train a dog to walk loose on a leash in five minutes, and then you go ahead and you try it yourself and it doesn't work. And now you're cursing this trainer because you feel like you just wasted your time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that trainer is a bad trainer or that trainer is lying to you or making you believe something that isn't actually true. It just means that it doesn't work for your dog. Now, could an online trainer be doing all these things? Could they be uh, misleading you? Hell yeah, absolutely. There are people who just train solely on social media, and there are people who train and don't really actually know what they're doing, but they're just doing it for the money or whatever. People are going to scam you, and people are going to try their best to scam you, okay? Just note, that's just the nature of the internet right now, <laughs> right? But it's your job as a responsible responsible pet owner to kind of like navigate through the bullshit and find what works for you. Now, there is going to come a point in your time when you realize that the YouTube videos and the Instagram tutorials and the TikTok videos aren't cutting it. And you need to recognize that it's okay to ask for help. There are a million great trainers in this country, in this world, because I know that there's people outside of the United States listening here. There are so many good trainers out there. Please do not hesitate to ask us for help. I'm not even saying reach out to me. Reach out to a trainer in your area. Reach out to anyone and ask for help. Because at the end of the day, how many times did I say that last episode, by the way? I'm so sorry. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just can't do this alone. And that's okay. Dog training can be really hard, it can be really frustrating, but it can also be super rewarding and a lot of fun. But it's okay to ask for help. We are here for a reason. Dog trainers were made for a reason. And we kind of know what we're doing, right? So it's okay to ask us for help because we spend our days training different dogs all the time. We spend our time 
kind of, it's kind of like gathering scientific research, what we're doing, right? So we're working with however many dogs per week, and we're getting experience every week as the weeks go by, as the longer we are training, the more experience that we get, and the more ability we have to train to your dog. So if you ever feel like you've got a dog who's just like untrainable, I say bring me that dog, and I bet you any other trainer would be up to that challenge. (laughs) And... I'm going to say this time and time and time and time a fucking again. Trust your gut when it comes to hiring a professional or even just finding stuff online. If something seems off to you, if something seems too good to be true, sometimes it is too good to be true. Sometimes it's just a really great trainer. Uh, But trust your gut. Guys, seriously, in all aspects of life, trust your gut. It's there for a reason. Your instincts are there for a reason. Trust them. They're screaming at you and they're trying to tell you to calm the fuck down, but also they've got your back. I would say that the internet is a really great place for things like basic obedience. So doing the basic commands, getting leash work in, uh, and getting just a better, well-rounded dog. But I would say if you have anything pressing outside of those areas, even if you have some bad leash reactivity or just like you can't figure out the leash pulling, That's when I would say to hire a professional. If you've got a dog who's reactive, who's aggressive, who's super anxious, anything outside the span of general obedience, basic obedience, I would say that's the time to hire a professional. But you are the only person who can make that decision for yourself. And you are the only person, because you are the only person who knows your dog as well as you do, you're the only person who can make that decision and who can... Uh, figure out when is the right time to find a professional. And when you do find a professional, or when you are at the point where you want to find a professional, listen to my episode on how to find a pet professional. But most importantly, trust your gut. Trust it, trust it, trust it. (laughs) And sometimes the most value that you will get out of your trainer is a sense of community and a sense of belonging and a sense of just being understood. I have, and I will continue to talk about dog owner shaming, and I think it's a really prevalent issue. Again, I'm probably going to talk about it in the next episode, actually. But there's so much shame in having a dog who is quote-unquote misbehaved, and I see that all the time, and I see people who are embarrassed and just sad and frustrated and confused because they have this dog who's misbehaving and they don't understand what it is that they did. And sometimes what they are most grateful for is that I don't judge them, but also just that, like, they feel understood. Like, someone will be like, oh my god, my dog's such an asshole, it's really embarrassing, he does X, Y, and Z when I come over, or when friends come over, and I'm like, bitch, I've seen worse, and I've heard, there's always worse, no matter what it is, I've always seen worse, and I will always tell you that. Even if you've got the worst case I've ever seen, because I know that it can be worse. But this isn't about me. This is about you guys. And so sometimes finding a trainer who understands you is going to make the biggest impact on your life. So go forth, be safe, find good information, and don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Love you, bye!